guy don't so call say hi to the bad guy don't so call say hi to the bad guy don't so call say hi to the bad guy don't motherfuckers from tax season i know y'all haven't heard from him in a while and today's his motherfucking birthday happy birthday g's thank you man i appreciate it man how old are you now 40 yeah at least 47 i feel 58 tell you the truth you feel 58 in that motherfucker right you know what's so funny though you're gonna come out with that glow and that that fresh yeah, home dick that fresh home dick yeah, and that glow your shit going <laughs> oh nah <laughs> you living bad i didn't know your shit was going my shit been going since I was 14. That's what people don't understand. But due to my fast paced lifestyle, my side bitch is my wife now. And you know what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm dead. Okay, so what's up? Like, have all your friends supported you through this bid? Well, you know, I don't know if you can say all my friends. Like, because I think when you get in here, sometimes you find out who your friends is. You know what I mean? So. But the majority of the people that I expect to be around and expect to do certain things that add, you know, some people I'm a little disappointed in, but then when I be thinking about it, you can't be mad at certain people that don't support you because they can hardly even support themselves, you know what I mean? So I don't really feel no ways towards nobody out there that might not be supporting me because when I look from afar, I see nothing really changed in their life. So it's kind of hard that they can't even really support themselves. Yeah, they can't really do nothing for them. True. It's so funny because when I went to jail, a lot of people that I didn't expect to be there was there. Like, did you get any of those? Like, I really didn't expect certain people to be there. And it's like, wait a mother, wait, hold on. This motherfucker is here? That's crazy. What you doing here? A couple people that be writing me. There's a couple people that be writing me, and I hardly write back. The, the reason is, is because I don't. These people be inspecting everything I do. They they criticize every little thing I do, so it's hard for me to write back. I want to shout out Classic from New Hampshire. He always write me. Ebony from RVA. My people from Houston. I get mail everywhere, and I just want people to know that I really appreciate them and everything they be doing for a nigga. Because there's people that I've been around every day of my life for the last six years. I've never received a letter from. You know what I mean? And that and that'd be the craziest shit, cause I really felt like, damn, like these people's out of nowhere being there for me. But like, what about your love life? Has, has your life, like, your love life been the same? First of all, ain't no love life in here unless you <laughs> fucking one of these Mexicans. And you better not be. But besides that, like, um, it ain't, you know, ain't no real love life in jail because. Unless you unless you expect certain things of women, it's like probably impossible. Cause it's like dudes, they like I've been in here three years going on in January. You can't expect a woman that you've been with to be like, I'm not having sex with nobody because you in jail. You know what I mean? 
So all I could really expect from a woman is loyalty. And loyalty to me is, you know what I mean? If you suck at a dick, you know, pull a dick out your mouth. You know what I mean? Answer the phone and say, all right, baby, I got to I gotta hold this down. You know what I mean? I got to speak to him. And then you go back to sucking the dick. Like, exactly. Be pulling up on the visits, sending the, sending the package and shit like that. That's loyalty. Besides that, I ain't looking for nobody to be faithful. You know what I mean? That's kind of like. That's selfish. Out, you know what I mean? That's real selfish of you. If you were to get it. Yeah, it's selfish. So, um, what are like the best things you learned since being in there? Cause I'm not gonna lie, when I was in there, I learned some shit. Like I learned how to, you know, cook a few things. I ain't know I would ever need to learn how to cook with utensils that I ain't think I never needed to use. Like I was cooking full course meals with boiled water. So what's up? What you learned? Let me think. Like man, what I learned in here is to be quiet. You can't speak to people too much because people don't understand where you're from, and you don't understand where they're from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for instance, um, I walked in the dude's cell one day, and I seen, like, five pictures of you in the cell. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, you, you know Star Brim? He's like, nah, I don't know her. I'm like, why you got mad pictures of well, I just like her. I like her hair. She got good hair. And what? I looked at the nigga hair. I said, this thing got a, a dirty mop on his head. I said, all right, I understand. But when I learned it, that, like, I told, I could tell somebody, like, yeah, I know Star, and they'll be like, oh, this nigga's lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I learned the hair, it's just to shut the fuck up, because can't believe everything you can't say everything and you know in the feds you talk to people in for two minutes they'll just create something like they spoke to you next thing you know the motherfucker next thing you know you they be next thing you know they your best friend exactly that too so i don't really talk to motherfuckers in here about nothing if we're not talking about lebron and i really don't talk about music either because like music debates get heated in here so the most i talk about is motherfucking lebron and i'll leave it alone well, um, could you tell that motherfucker to return those pictures? Because, uh, I don't know how he got those. <laughs> well, listen, you got to understand. When I learned about Instagram, right, I remember one day I asked the girl, I said, yo, send me some pictures. And she was like, oh, I'm not sending you no pictures. I heard dudes in jail be, send, be selling people pictures. They really now, do, though. I didn't even know about that. They I do. I just found out that it is true. It's but definitely true. I was like, yo, who cares if dudes are selling pictures when your picture is up for free on Instagram? And anybody can literally screenshot it and send it to people anyway. Because I see people that I literally know on people's walls. And I'm like, yo, do you know her? I'm like, nah, because I just talking to her yesterday. You know what I mean? <laughs> they be lying so, they the ass How do you ain't going? How you ain't going to send me no pictures? Cause dude selling them, but your shit's up for free. That's, that's all you, all you have to do is, you know, say, you know what, copy, cool, and call me, and I would have snapped them shits off that bitch page and sent it to you anyway. Now you got it. Fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, bitch. Like, nah, listen, we're gonna get it anyway. Wanna, see, that's one thing I ain't doing. I ain't taking nobody's pictures off this page, getting them. Like, if you can't send them to me, I don't want them shits. Like, that shit just seems like a form of thievery. You know what I mean? <laughs> a, a thief, I'm not. Alright, so I know you've been inside there for a while, and like, Trump is very aggressive with immigration. How do you feel about him with that? Like, how do you feel? Like, what are your thoughts on, you know, the immigration? I think Trump is just working, working his core audience. His core audience is those red states, you know, especially those states that's close to the border. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of those white people, they might be sick of having brown babies, brown grandbabies. You know, they probably want to keep their lineage correct. They want to keep it white. And they probably, because, you know, you're going to fuck whoever you're around. If you're around a person for a little, you might not even like them. I always tell people, like, a lot of women got work husbands. They got a nigga that work that love them that they don't really care about. 
but the nigga keep buying nails for, keep cracking jokes, and eventually he cracks the whole wall out, and he might end up fucking her, because she around a nigga every day. It's the same thing with the Mexicans. The white girls might not necessarily like the Mexicans, but they around here, they mowing the lawns, they got the best cocaine, they got the best tequila, and they might end up having kids with them. And I think that's what he's working towards. He's working this whole audience, like, yo, we gonna keep these Mexicans out, but they not doing that much crime. As far as I know, they trying to stay away from crime so they don't get kicked out the country, you know what I mean? Exactly, and, and I feel like, I feel like Mexicans do a lot of good work. Like, they hard workers. Hell yeah. They are hard Ain't fucking workers. Like Ain't, Ain't nobody, nobody fixing no roof like them. Like them. What you said? Ain't nobody fixing no roofs like them. <laughs> Hell no. And they fix the roofs in 260 degree weather with overalls on. You gotta respect them. And them motherfuckers don't ever get knocked out when they drunk. That's a fact. This is why them niggas are fight to the death. <laughs> them niggas will fight the to the death. Me too. So listen, do you feel like, um... Like the whole thing that he did with ASAP Rocky, like trying to support ASAP Rocky, was trying to get black people on his team. Cause I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that. And you know, the thing is with blacks is that we're so naive and we're so enthralled with entertainment. Like even in here, like I ask a lot of people, like, yo, what's your plans when you get home? I swear to God, every one of these motherfuckers want to be on somebody's stage. And it's like, yo. Why don't nobody want to be an academic? Like, you know, where's the people who want to be scientists, engineers, you know, who want to create things? Like, all they want to create is a record or a dance. And it's like, yo, that's what they forced us to do early in slavery. So get on the stage and entertain us. Huh, we're going to teach you the Bible just so you can preach to us because we lazy. So it's like, yo, I, it's nothing wrong with entertainment. Entertainment has got a lot of us in great places. But it's like, I just want more from entertainment. And people look up to these rappers and these athletes so much that, yes, I feel like there's blacks out there that's like, Yo, man, they got ASAP Rocky out. I'm voting for him. Yeah, oh, which is the stupidest thing radio. ever. Like, they don't even... I feel like they don't even realize, like, what he was doing. Like, why he's doing that. But like, on, on that same note, I also think that's a strength. Because I think Trump is a president that if he has that type of channel, like Kanye West or Kim Kardashian, they can speak to him and bring him to the reality of something, I think he'll listen. Because, see, he's not really a politician. He's more of a, a regular person that's just there on a podium right now. You know what I mean? Might be an asshole, might be a racist, but I think if you go to him and say, yo, you know, they got ASAP Rocky locked up out there right now. Like, that's some bullshit. ASAP mm -hmm. is a cultural icon. He's, yeah, is he? Let's get him out. We don't fuck with Sweden. You know what I mean? So I can see where he would also listen if you presented sheet to him. You dig what I'm saying? Because he don't know. He don't even know politics. This dude is... Yeah, he put up ASAP Rocky. He, he, put up a, he, did, he put up a different picture. The picture wasn't even ASAP, but... I don't, I don't remember who he put up, like, but it wasn't ASAP, and he was like, yes, he's finally free, we're freeing him, and it's like, who the fuck is that, cause that ain't ASAP, <laughs> yeah, that is, that is not him, but okay, so how do you feel about the, um, the Me Too movement? The Me Too movement, I think, is great, because I think people definitely, men have been abusing their power for years, it's in positions to get certain things, but I also feel like it's very dangerous, because, I feel like with history, right? Like in, in, in the feds, as you know, you've probably been arrested before you came to the feds. The first thing they do is bring up your history. Mm -hmm. So when I look at things that I might have done as a child, like before, I would throw rocks on the highway at cars when I was 12 years old. But when I think <laughs> about that at, at my age now, that was some dumb shit and I would never do it. So the thing is, the Me Too movement is I'm like, yo, if you could lose everything you worked for in your life, your corporations, all the work you put in, because, because you, um, because you did something when you were 17, you grabbed the girl's butt, or you sniffed her neck, or you might have 
inappropriately, which is wrong, but do you get punished for it at 53 years old and lose everything you worked for? Like, I, 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 that's the part I don't understand. Like, how do you get punished for accusation? Like, it's things like, for instance, like, with, with, um, Michael Jackson. Like, dudes testified and said that they lied on Michael Jackson, and then Oprah brought them back on her show and to say that they was lying about lying. Like, do we not respect yeah. the court system where these dudes said, yo, we lied on Michael Jackson, and now we bring them back to accuse someone that's dead? I felt like she could have had someone like the Catholic Church, which just had 2,000 and change priests that was admitted, and they, they was raping little boys their whole lives. Like, why weren't they attacked when they're alive? And because, see, in the feds, what they'll do is they'll say, hey, this group of people has been doing this, so they're labeled a gang. Or this group of people has been doing this, so this is a RICO charge, or they're a mafia. So what exactly is the Catholic Church if the majority of the priests are doing the wrong thing to these little boys? Yeah, that's a gang. You understand? Yeah, what are they? That's my whole thing. If we're going with history and we're going with... If it's a, if it's a group of people, people doing a crime, it's a gang because it's like, if it's three of my friends and we jump a girl, that's gang-related assault now. We're not, even if we're not exactly. gang members, that's gang-related assault. So why shouldn't that be so labeled as a gang? Conspiracy? Where's the conspiracy for the Catholic Church to say, yo, listen, over the last hundred years, there's been many accusations, there's been many things proven that this has went on. Where's the Rico charge? Or where's the, yeah, where's the gang true. charge? Like, because it's something else going wrong here. We label, we label Arabs. We see them and it's like, oh, yeah, I just heard on the radio the other day. They said, uh, Alu Akbar screaming Arab. You know what I mean? It's college from a federal prison. Alu Akbar is just saying God is great. You yeah. know what I mean? But they use that term like it's more dangerous if they say God is great in Arabic. You know what I mean? And it's like, we, we, we label them. Like, why is the Catholic Church not labeled? You know what I mean? For all the stuff that they've been doing to these little boys for years. It's not right. You're absolutely right, though. I feel like you're absolutely right. Do you like, do you watch a lot of TV in there? No, I don't, I don't watch TV. The last time I watched TV in jail was BET Awards 2008 in Elmira. I seen about four dudes get cut. I never watched TV again. What? I by, <laughs> yeah, I might walk by and see if for a second, see something on the news, keep it pushing, but besides that, I'm good. All right, we got Tax Stone back. Wagwan, brethren. We got Tax Stone back on the line. Star Brim, what's shaking, beloved? Nothing, just trying to figure out if you ate those, um, them boiled eggs that they serving this morning. Man, I be trying to stay away from them boiled eggs. I'm on a high-protein diet right now because I've been working out trying to preserve my sexy. Man, what you about the turkey boiled. sausages? You could have took that tray and, you know, fed the hum I, fed the needy. I, I, I fuck with those occasionally. Don't, don't those front. Occasionally. Them shits is fire. Don't front. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Them shits is fire. Don't front. Cause I, don't front for me. I've been in there. Them shits is fire. They think decent, but you gotta understand, when I was just home, I was straying away from a lot of meat. You know I was the juice guard. I was heavy on my kale, heavy on the ginger, heavy on the turmeric. So listen, like, listen, listen. You ain't gonna get none of that shit in there. <laughs> like. Not near nada. Okay, so yeah. listen, if you can't get to the kale and apple juice combo, what's another fire combo? If you can't get what, the kale? The kale and the apple juice. If you can't get that combo, what's yeah. another fire co co combo? No, just in general. Like, you know, what, what about if I want a juice? What about if I want to keep my oh, sexy? I might, I, might, I might hit him with the watercress. We might do the watercress. Oh, combo. I'm not going to even hold um, you. I don't even know what a watercress is. Like a what? A who? Watercress is a vegetable that's kind of like kale that they don't sell in the urban supermarkets. You got to step a little bit out and then you might see it in... You know, Bay Ridge, perhaps, maybe she said if you were in 
Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Um, like they don't they don't fit at the Sea Town. Like, what about Stop and Shop? Because you know that's my store. Oh no, nah, they, they might have it in Stop and Shop. Stop and Shop stepped this shit up a little bit. You know they got a lot of competition with Whole Foods now, so people trying to get on the organic wave. I'm just trying to tell you, stop acting brand new like you don't be on that mess hall line. Because I was on that mess hall line. No, I'm, I actually, I really don't be on it. Like, I try to stay away from people in here so much that I try to limit all activities. Like, I don't play chess. I don't play cards. I don't play basketball. I work out by myself. Like, I try to limit all activities. I get a lot of books, and I read a lot. That's how I just stay away from talking to people in here. Yeah, you in there, you in there, you in there, you in there, you in there playing with your balls. All right. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> you know I try to I try to do that once every other day. But besides, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm reading a lot. <laughs> All right. So look, Drake and Pusha T went at it, and Pusha T came on top. Now Drake is sending shots again. Supposedly, I think that's a sneaky attack, and I think Pusha probably should be. This should have been prepared for because Pusha's a seasoned veteran. You know, I love the way Pusha rap, and I also love the way Drake rap. You dig what I'm saying? But it's like. I think Push is prepared. Drake did some sneaky shit, and I feel like Push came at him sneaky, but it wasn't sneaky on Push's behalf because he's been coming at Drake for so many years, uh -huh. and now Drake finally responded, and then Push was prepared, and he came with the kid shit and the black face, and he kind of came out on top. But I think I think that's a healthy battle. But like I'm a I'm a super huge Push T fan, so I would love to see what's going to be his response. Me too. I want I want to see what's going to happen out of that. So how do you feel about the new um, rap girl movement? I love this shit. I've been supporting women trying to rap for years, so like I love I love seeing because for me I feel like yo the more women is rapping, it's more women is getting some money for me to have sex with. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you I know what? I want to go out there out and spit your ass off and do splits on stage and rap your ass off. I love it. I always felt like yo it should have been another ladies' night. Like you know what I mean? Like I was kind of hurt when like Remy and Nicki went back and forth. I was like, nah, man, they was supposed to be cool and have a big ladies' night tour and then we hung. Party with that. And I'm like, nah, they so, so who, together, who you feeling right now? Like who you feeling huh? right now? Like, as far as the female rappers, like, who you feeling like? I'm feeling, yo, I'm feeling Nikki. I'm feeling Cardi. Like, I'm from, um, Nikki can rap her ass off. We know that. I'm feeling Cardi. What's the name? That, that press, press. That shit is so hard. I think you know these, these hoes be pressed. That's the why. These hoes, uh -huh. these hoes be pressed. What about Meg The Stallion? I like her. You, you like her? I, nah, I love Meg The Stallion. I love what she's doing. I love this other chick from the Bronx, Malibu Mitch. I love her voice. I like the way she rap. Um, who else? It's a couple chicks I'm feeling. It, it, it ain't too many. Like I like the city girls. You know what I mean? They, they real. Of course, yes. It. I definitely you know love mean? the city girls. And they embrace their thotisms. Like, I love women who embrace their thotisms. I hate the ones who try to run from it and try to hide their thotisms. You know what I mean? So, I, I love it. Like, I love the whole female rap movement. I feel like they need a whole big tour. Like, they should do like a, like the way they did back in the day with the, um, the, um, Rock the Mic tour with Rough Riders and Rockefeller. Like, it should mm. be a big female tour. I would love to see nothing but women with fat asses on stage rapping. You know like, what? <laughs> I bet you would. I bet a lot of people would. So, Nicki Minaj has spoken a lot on Cardi not writing herself. What are your feelings about that? Uh, I feel that that's an old, I feel like that's beating a dead horse right now. For the fact that we see Meek do the same thing with Drake, where he was like, oh, Drake wasn't writing the songs. And it's like, yo, bro, in this day and age, nobody even cares who's writing it. We just worried about how it sounds. Like, we're not necessarily listening to the song like, yo, did this nigga write this shit? 
or did he listen because even though it might have been true about Drake or even if it's true about Cardi, the shit sound good. Like, niggas don't care. We had a party. We had to listen to some good shit. Yeah. And I think the times have changed. Like, evolution has happened within hip-hop because believe me, back in the days, I was on that too. Like, what that person don't write, I don't want to hear them. But evolution happens within hip-hop. As you can see, before it was all about bars before. It was all about bars. It's not mm -hmm. about bars no more. It's definitely just not. come out and sing. They say they mumble. He have a fucking twelve ball hook, and he don't got to even have a verse, and it could go. So I think right now that's just beating a dead horse. I think everybody's just dropped their music. Whoever the hardest is the hardest, and just keep going. You know what I mean? I feel like Nikki's going going through what she's going through because when she was coming up, people was criticizing like, "Oh, girls don't write their raps," and she's going so hard to really write her raps that she probably fill a ways against anybody who's not. But it's like, yo, times have changed, yo. And if you think about it, in time, in music, some of the biggest artists had writers in the world, you know what I mean? From Michael Jackson or whoever, Madonna, like these people have writers and it's still great music and people still want to go. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people care about if you a rapper when it comes to writing your music but when it comes to r&b they don't realize that beyonce rihanna there's a lot of people that does r&b that don't write their stuff but they feel like as rappers you have to but i feel like you can write your shit and st that should still be whack if you don't have stage presence if you don't know how to put it out there if you don't know how I to spit feel it like diddy i feel like diddy had one of the best hip-hop albums ever with no way out now, we know that he might have not wrote none of it, but that album is well put together, it's well produced, it's... It's called from a federal prison. Like Diddy said, he said, don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks. I just love the records, and yeah. I don't care who wrote them, you know what I mean? That's true. So, I, I feel like that's the day and age we in right now, like, man, if you can sell music, because basically you're in, you in the business of selling music, it's not necessarily who constructed it, who architected it, you know what I mean? It's... It's about, yo, do this shit sound good, you know what I mean? And that's what it is today, man. Nobody cares. Like, I even like some of this music that I never thought I would like. Like, Young Thug, one of my favorite rappers. I forgot to put him on my top 50 list. I, I forgot that. But I love Young Thug music. But if you would have asked me 10 years ago, would I listen to Young Thug? I would have said, hell no. You know what I <laughs> mean? But I love this music. All right, so Her. you and Nori, right? It seems like y'all have a great relationship. How do y'all even meet? Nori, me and Nori, me and Nori met in the Viacom building. We was at um, MTV2 about to record um, Uncommon Sense, and I'm a fan of Nori. Like, when I'm a fan of somebody, I run down on him, I let him know. Yo, my nigga, I'm your big fan, yo. I walked up, yo, NRE, Nori's different, nigga, so funny. <laughs> he looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, yo, my nigga, I've been a fan of yours since sixth grade, my nigga, since seven, 1998, seventh grade, my nigga, I love you. And then he was like, yo, what's your name? And I told him, I said, yo, my name's Tax Stone. And he dapped me or whatever, and then we were sitting there, and then he said, damn, man, I heard your name somewhere before. So I'm like, where? So he left for about 20 minutes, and he came back, and he showed me a text message. And the text message was from Rosenberg from Hot 97. And he was asking Nori, he was like, yo, Nori, it's this guy named Tax who's been a pain in my ass. If you could get somebody from your belt gang to beat this guy up, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm reading this text like, what the fuck? Like, Rosenberg trying to get me beat up? I thought this was a radio guy. And I, like, thought we was, like, all in, like, friendly competition, like, throwing shots at each other. I didn't know that motherfuckers were trying to take it. Nah, that, with shit me, was, that shit was real. <laughs> that's how I met Nori. So it was just weird because I never spoke about this to this day, but it was like, this is really how I met Nori. Like, me and Charlemagne is reading the text, and we like, oh, shit, this nigga Rosenberg trying to get you washed up out here. I'm like, that's quite unfortunate. But, yeah, that's how I met Nori, man. <laughs> that's crazy. How did you get so um cool with Charlemagne? He seems very, like, supportive. Man, Charlemagne is 
Charlemagne is a genuine dude. You know, um, I met Charlemagne bringing an artist I was working up, bringing an artist I was working with up to Breakfast Club, and then I seen him, and I was like, yo, man, you know the dude that had um, snuffed you on camera a couple weeks ago, you know, he recently had butter the bullet, and he was like, huh? I'm like, yeah, the guy had butter the bullet or whatever. I heard he got killed. So he was like, huh? So then, like, Angela, he hit me later that day. She was like, yo, Charlemagne wanted to know if that was true what you was telling him. I'm like, yeah. So then after that, I spoke to Charlemagne, and I told him, I'm like, yeah, you can talk about it, whatever, the guy, whatever. So then I went on Brilliant Idiots, and then I told him how I wanted to do a podcast, and he was like, yo, I'm going to help you. And then he helped me, he helped me do it. And like everything got done mad fast. And it was crazy because I was like cool with Ebro and I was telling Ebro maybe like six months before that how I wanted to do a podcast too. And Ebro always told me how he was going to help me. But he never helped me. And then when Charlemagne said he was going to help me, I think things happened like within a month. So then I started like working with Charlemagne and then all of a sudden, Ebro didn't like me no more because I was working with Charlemagne. And it was like, yo, bro, I'm out here in the street. I'm trying to get out the street. I'm trying to do right by myself. And this dude just put me in a position to change my life. You know what I mean? And it's crazy that he I didn't just, even know you and he helped you. That's yeah, love right there. Yeah, like, he's a genuine dude. He's really a It's college from a federal prison. So, I, mean, so, I only look up the five people. I only look up the five people in the world. And he one of them. You know what I mean? Um, They said, like, Troy F. has said that Charlemagne pays your lawyer fees. Is that true? At this point in time, if you listen to anything he got to say, something wrong with you. Charlemagne has never paid my lawyer fees. Never in life. Like, I didn't need no help with that. I don't know where that came from, where he gets that from, but, you know, dude is a pathological liar, you know. You know, sometimes, know. Some, you know, sometimes rats lie, so it is what it is. Like, huh? you know, rats be lying. That's what they do. So. No, man, I don't even call him a rat. You know that? Because ratting would be meaning you telling the truth. He's just a liar. He's just True. lying. Absolutely. Out here to try to save himself. You know what I mean? So the dude is a weirdo, you know, to each his own, man. You know, I'm over here, he over there. You know what I mean? So Ebro attacked, he attacked, Ebro had attacked you a lot also when you first was arrested. What's your thoughts on that? Man, those dudes are weaklings. You know what I mean? Like, those dudes, we, we was having friendly competitions and We'll talk shit about each other, and I thought it was all friendly until he, like, emailed Viacom about me and, like, got me suspended, you know what I mean? And it was like, then I realized, like, something was, like, really wrong with the dude. He told me to suck his dick over the phone when I called him to apologize about having our little internet squabbles that was, like, not serious to neither one of us. He's like, yeah, suck my dick. And I was like, it was so confusing to me because he always was trying to call me a street dude. And I'm like, bro, I'm not even a street dude no more. I've changed my life. But mm -hmm. you out here doing street shit by telling people to suck your dick. Like, yeah, that's like... a sexual act. You know, that's a rape. You're asking, suck your dick. Like, that's me too movement. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was always weird for me. It was always weird for me, like, with them. Like, because I just never understood it, which side of the fence they was on. Because they were straddled. They would act like they on this side one day, and then they would act like they on that side. That's why it was always weird for me. Like, even with Funk Flex, I heard, was, like, coming to me on the radio. It was weird for me because he's like, yeah, this, that, and the third, and you these street dudes, and this, that, and the third. And it's like, yeah, yo. Yeah, like, I heard. Like I heard. found out. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Yeah, I said I had heard Funk Flex had a lot of things to say about you when you had got arrested. Yeah, I didn't know about it because I was like, they had me in the shoe for the first, like, couple of weeks when I was in jail. And, like, people were listening to the radio and they were like, yo, Flex is going in on you. And I'm like, Flex, for what? Like, he never said nothing about me when I was, the thing is, I've always been a big funk Flex fan. What happened was I was traveling the country and everywhere, every state that I went to, I would hear local artists, their local artists on the radio. But when I came back to New York, 
I would hear no New York artists on the radio. I would hear the same people from other states on the radio. Yeah. So that's what made me really start pushing artists from New York City and trying to get dudes off from New York City. Like now you listen to Flex, you'll hear him say, it's what New York City sounds like. That's new. He never was doing that because he wasn't even playing nobody from New York City. When I started stepping on the gas and exposing them for what they was doing, not playing New York artists, then he felt pressured to do it. I really, so I really don't like Funk Flex. Like, I feel like Funk Flex is a bitch. Like a whole lot of bitch. Well, you know, I, I feel like he's a bitch too. I'm still a fan of him in a certain way of spinning records. I think he's a decent DJ, but I think he has a lot of bitch ass DJ, ways. You know that, I mean? His DJ has nothing to do with him being a bitch. He's just a bitch. That's his that's character. True. That's his true. character that's, is a his bitch. bitch is a DJ. That's true. That's, that's indeed true. But yeah, I just felt like it was a hypocritical because we ended up finding out that he was the one that sent those dudes to beat Charlemagne up. Like, you sent these dudes to beat Charlemagne up outside the studio, but meanwhile, you're talking about, you're a DJ, but you're doing street shit. So I don't understand how these dudes straddle the fence so much with their, with their, with their ways. They're hypocritical, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, what I'm you want to do? Do you want to be a DJ or do you want to be a street time. nigga? Exactly. Like, don't straddle Pick the one. fence, and that's what these dudes do a lot. Yeah? You're... I love it. What's poppin', what's poppin'? What's shaking, Star Breezy? <laughs> Nothing, chilling, maintaining. So it was said that Troy Ave said he had paperwork on that. What's what's your thoughts on that? He said he had paperwork ain't on really that. No, ain't no thoughts on that shit. Hey, Glenn, you been in the feds. Paperwork is a person either went to a proper session or a um, safety valve. You understand? And... It's easy to see that right on Pacer.com. So anybody that want to, like, look you up could just easily look your name up and go on Pacer. When your case is sealed, there's usually something weird going on with your case. My case is fully public. And second, the papers that he has is a bail, a bail application letter. Like, my lawyer wrote that. I didn't even know it was written until people started hitting me up, talking about, yo, they said you wrote a letter to your judge. I'm like, nigga, I don't even know who my judge is. How am I going to write a letter? You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway... But anyway, it was it was basically my lawyer was saying something like, yo, I'm, he was basically asking, like, why is my client being held with no bail when he's not on camera doing anything and he didn't get caught with any weapons, but the other person did, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all it was. So he tried to use that, the bail application letter, to say that somebody was telling on him, like, I could walk anywhere through the federal system and nothing would happen if, if I showed anybody that bail application letter because they know that... You don't write your own bail application letter. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, your lawyer has to. Uh, that shit is buffoonery. I didn't, just like I, said, I didn't even know who my my my, my, ju my judge was until that day. Because people had contacted me. They were like, oh, Bossip said that you went in the court and you said that um, such and such did it. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I ain't been to court in two months. So what the <laughs> fuck they talking about? So, but then what it was is that my lawyer had um, submitted the bail application letter or whatever to try to um, get me bail or whatever. As he That's should. Troy also said that he's a man of God now. Do you believe him? I'm saying he could be a man of God. Like, ain't the, ain't the, ain't the priest that just, um, that just molested all those boys? Aren't they men of God, too? <laughs> so what does that necessarily mean? You know what I mean? It could be true. Like, you Yo, know what I mean? But, you know, me so fed, my nigga. Like, what? I'm saying, like, it could really be true. But, you know, at the same time, you know, he's a pathological liar. Like, it's like what Trump said with the guy when the guy flipped on, on Trump or whatever and started, like, cooperating. It's like, you have to always question people that have ulterior motives on why they're cooperating. Like, they, this is not a person who just 
came forth with information. He's coming forth with information so he could get out of the troubles that he got himself into. Yeah. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, you know, you always got to question the person, like, why exactly are you, you know, where did you come from with all of this? You know what I mean? Because you're in trouble. So now you want to get out of trouble. So now yeah, you want to come the worst, forth. Those are the worst type of people because you're not really being a good civilian. Like, you feel me? If you were good being a good civilian, yeah. you're going to tell just because you feel me or make up something just because you're doing like, you're the right thing. You're not going to sit there and tell because you're in trouble. Like, that's not a good civilian. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like you got to just look at things for what they are sometimes. Like, it's the foolery. That's the, that's the go-to, you know what I mean? Religion. You know, you Even know in here, like, you see it here all the time. Dudes just out of nowhere, they turn Muslim, and then you be like, yo, what's going on? And then the next thing you know, they in Queens. They in- this call is from a federal prison. If you're in New York City and, and your, your loved one is in Queens, Geo, they're cooperating with the government, you understand? Thanks. That's not, that's a private facility, you know what I understand? If they're not in Manhattan, here in Valhalla, you know what I mean, certain place, they're co- Operating. That's the reason they're in Queens. You know what I mean? You, you so, know this motherfucker Troy said in a recent song, "Middle Finger from the Stand." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. Come on, you know. Listen, you know he's being who he is. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? What kind of pool put shit is that though? What kind of pool put shit is middle finger from the listen. stand? Like what? You know, listen. At the end of the day, just like I said, certain people are going to take certain steps to do what they got to do to get out of any trouble that they in. The way I learned it was the correct way was to go through your lawyers. Your lawyers are officer of the court, and that's how you fight your cases, you know what I mean? You know, I never knew none of this, you know, like you're supposed to do all this other stuff. And that's the role he's taking, so, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Just like I said, motherfuckers just want to get out of trouble, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, the shit should be illegal, just like Donald Trump said. It should be illegal for a person to be, how can you be trustworthy after you just weren't trustworthy? You like, understand? Like, they look at you, they say fact. you're not trustworthy, that out of nowhere you're a reliable informant. What makes this person reliable? You know what I mean? Like, they're because only, they're just, they're only, they're just they're only saying the this to try to, yeah, they're only saying this to try to get themselves out of something, so how can they be trustful? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not genuine, you know yeah, what I mean? He, he also it's said, he say also said, to say to get up out of here. he also said that night that you had came over there to assassinate him. That shit don't make sense either. You know what I mean? You really think about it. Like, first of all, he wasn't even on the bill. So how could I come somewhere to do something to somebody and I didn't even know they were going to be anywhere? You understand what I'm saying? And I was in the venue an hour and a half maybe before the motherfucker even came. So it don't make sense. Like, it's just certain things that don't make sense. You know what I mean? And people just got to use their brains. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers going to say whatever they got to say. To, to sound good or yeah. to sound innocent. To save period. him, to save you know his man? ass, basically, you know. Let's get off yeah, that motherfucker because I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that nigga no more. You feel me? That nigga's a whole liar. Anyways, like, how did you yeah. feel about Nipsey passing? I know that you two had a good relationship. Damn man, Nip passing was fucking beyond beyond heartbreaking, man. Like. Like crushing, because for the for one of the big reasons that it was something I could never foresee. Like you know, I could never see somebody like really harming him. You know what I mean? Because he's such a genuine person. He's like a powerful person. His words, like the way I met Nipsey. Me and Nipsey actually was having words on Twitter about something, and and we got similar personalities. And when we got when we spoke to each other on the phone, we was like arguing back and forth. But then we was hanging up on each other back and forth. And then like we both cooled down. And then he called me, and we just started talking like regularly. 
And then he was like, yo, bro, like, I just started checking out some of your work. Like, yo, your shit is solid. And I'm like, yo, my nigga, I've been a fan of you. You know what I mean? I'm like, Charlemagne put me on to you. My man Push Montana put me on to your music. Like, that's how I started listening to you. And then come to find out, like, we both Leos. I'm, I'm born August 14th. His birthday is August 15th. And it was like, we really just, like, became close after that. Like, we would hit each other every day. He, like, he, was, he sent me a lot of books in jail. Like, that's actually how I found out that he passed, um, a CO came and bought me a book. And he was like, yo, I just found this book on the other side with your name in it. It was, um, it's, I think it's called A.G. Gaston, the, the first black millionaire. Then that was the last book Nipsey sent me. And when he gave me the book, I'm like, oh, yeah, good looking, man. I'm forgot, I forgot your Nipsey sent me this. And then an hour later, the CO came and said, yo, you heard the radio? They just said Nipsey also got killed in L.A. And I'm like, what? I'm like, man, get the fuck away from my door with that. Don't play like that. And I turned on the radio, I heard it, and I was, like, so crushed. Like, do you, I didn't really... Do you feel like... Do you feel like once a person's in the street, you always in the street? Or do you feel like... You know, like, I feel like he did a lot of great things, but I also feel like he was still in the street. Like, you understand? Like, certain things don't get forgiven uh, just because you do good. Like, a lot of different things. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. That part is true. See, Nipsey wasn't in the street, you know what I mean? Nipsey was definitely a community person. Like, the things we used to speak about, it was never no bullshit. No, I like, honestly feel like, I feel about, like Nipsey was, this. no, huh? but you got to think about it, Tax. Nipsey was a community person now. But let's not forget, growing up, gangbanging, he was in the streets. No. No, that's very true. And like I always tell shit, people, regardless of how you change your life, the other people might not care. They still might be mad at something that it's you like, did in 1999. It's like, just, it's like just like you said early, like earlier in this interview where you sat here and said that the, fed, the feds bring up your past. Sometimes you can't run from your past. Right or wrong. No, it's true. It's, it's your past is going to always be brought up. I feel like, and I honestly also feel like he didn't get the recognition that he got, that he should have got while he was alive. I feel like there's a lot of people who all of a sudden cared about him when he died. And I feel like that's some fake ass shit. His shit was never playing oh, nah, on the billboards. I just feel it was so fake. So much people that tried to like recognize him. Now that he passed, like the y'all should have had that it. same energy when he was alive. Like that's fucked up. Cause right but now I it honestly doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think that's a part of, of, of why he passed and the power in it. I think Nipsey passed to, to show the power of what he was doing and to show who he was. That's the only reason I could come up with why Nipsey Hussle passed because now people get to see how intelligent he was and what his focus was in building the black community honestly, back up. I, I still feel like, fuck that. I'd rather him be alive than it to show that. Oh, like, no, you feel all me? Day. Like, the fuck? Like, because at the end of the day, after a while, I, I seen some, some thing on Instagram where they was talking about it. It was this guy, and he was basically telling the correct truth. After a week... Nobody even cared no more about Nipsey. Like, you understand about his passing. No, see, no, but listen, nobody not cares saying about nobody, Not saying nobody cared. Not saying nobody cared. Yeah, not, not saying so nobody cared. Like, of course, a lot of people cared, but I'm talking about all the people who was, you know, going so hard, making it seem like they cared, putting up his pictures, going to, you know, the funeral just to be Mixie and Cali. It's like, why is it, why y'all not still feeling that pain if it was real? You understand? If it was real, you should still forever feel that pain because nothing should ever change that pain. See, Tom Hill's all wounds. I always tell people that. So it's like even with prison, you know, it's the same thing with death. Like, you could be missing and people would be like, damn, yo, Star Prim locked up. This is fucked up. And they'll miss the shit out of you. And then what happens over... This college from a federal prison. That somebody replaces you. A new Star Prim shows up. And then it's like, oh, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can never be another Star Prim. So, 
Ever. So I feel the same way about myself, but that's just the way this shit goes. When you when you away, people have Let's, people I have felt, to I felt, you. I felt the Nipsey. Understand? I felt Nipsey Hustle death reminded me in a way is like how fake people are because when I got locked up I went to jail with 200,000 followers I came home with 700,000 followers so y'all telling me 400 something thousand of y'all motherfucking bitches and y'all fucking niggas wanted to see me post jail pictures like y'all really like that was posted once a month like who the fuck follows somebody while they're in jail like that is the stupidest shit ever like yeah that's when I really realized like these motherfuckers only want to see you when you dead or when you like in jail well, you know- Cause it's like what the fuck? Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand people. Like. <laughs> but you gotta remember, you kind of cute. You got a fat ass. You hang around some popular people. You understand? I'm Conda. People gonna be like, oh, who's this chick that's in jail? Conda though. Conda. Let's what reverse. Conda cute. <laughs> well, listen. I never give people a few cute. You don't. You don't want. Give a person a full cue. Listen, That's not happening I'm beautiful. Cute. I'm a you bad I mean? bitch. You wildin'. And you gotta keep it cute, right? <laughs> keep it beautiful. You heard? Keep it beautiful, right? I'm keeping it beautiful. <laughs> Anyways, um, like Kodak, Kodak has said like a lot of insensitive things after Nipsey passing. How do you feel about that? I was hurt by that, but at the same time, I was very hurt. And I was emotional when I seen what he said. And, and the Kodak is a friend of mine. And I, I consider him my ally. And um, if I was around him at that time, we probably would have had to have a fight. You understand what I'm saying? Because I was emotional at that time about Nipsey. But at the same time, what he said was true. You know what I mean? And it was true what he said, but it was insensitive. What I didn't like was the elders who attacked them the way they attacked them because it was like, yo, bro. If y'all elders and y'all feel like y'all have a little bit more intellect than them, you have to deal with intellect over emotions. You understand? And that's what we all got to deal with in most situations. This is why people end up in jail and end up in bad situations because you're dealing with emotions instead of intellect. And emotions can get you into a lot of trouble. You know yeah. what I mean? I grew, so I, I felt grew like a lot of people might have... Never move off of emotion. Yeah, yeah, man. You, you know, and just like I said, at that moment, like if we was around each other, we would have probably had, we would have had the scuffle. That that hurt me when I heard it, but what he said was completely real. These people, a motherfucker, the same people that's out there acting like they might love him, is the same people that's probably sitting there like, oh man, yeah, Lauren London look good. Like, let me be that shoulder to cry on. You know what I mean? So I understood what he was saying. You know, it was true, but it just was the wrong time to say it. And you can't expect somebody not to be insensitive not to be insensitive who wasn't really close to a person, you know what I mean? That's just the streets, and, you know, people die every day, and, you know, just because he was a, um, a confidant of mine and an ally of mine, like, Nipsey picked his phone up every time I called him from jail, you know what I mean? Like, there's little things like that that I, I take heed, and I'd be like, yo, man, this motherfucker's a decent dude. Like, I didn't call him every day. I would call him once every three months, and he'll pick right up. Like, yeah, bro, yeah, let's chop it up real fast for, like, six minutes, because I'm about to go on stage, you know what I mean? Y'all I'm going to send you some books. You know what I mean? And he would do little shit like that was enough of me. Like, yeah. I don't ask for much from him. You know what I mean? And that's what really made Especially me, like, really honest. Especially from a person that was, like, that's so busy that, like, has a life. That's not just a low life sitting around. So that that definitely means a lot. Exactly. So that's what hurts when you know that you're calling people that have nothing going on and they acting like they're busy. And you call them people that you know are actually busy. And they and have they time. picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it made me definitely sort the people out that I was dealing with, you know what I mean? You're... Beloved. (laughs) 
you're crazy. Listen, so um, a lot of people seek your opinion on a lot of things, especially music. Why do you think that is? Well, I think I, I be telling the truth a lot of times, and it's like, in this world, like, you could pay critics these days, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could pay people to act like you're on their side, and you can't pay me to act like I'm on your side, you know what I mean? Like, the way I feel about something is the way I feel about something, and it won't change, you know what I mean? The only thing that I dislike with being a critic in music is that I didn't know it was dangerous. Like, if you dislike a rapper's albums, the entourage might really be out there looking for your ass, you know yeah, what I mean? Get, yo, it gets real. Like, it really gets real. They be having hardcore die for fans that will kill you like like i really yeah. feel like they will find me and hunt me down i do not have nobody's listen i don't want to i don't even want to talk about nobody music it is what it is like because like yo even, i was down. in the box one time and i was like reading the um entertainment weekly and i had an article about cisco and even who used to be like movie critics or whatever and I, I was like yo man i wish i could speak to like one of them and be like, yo, man, have they ever threatened your life for a bad review of a movie? Because I just never heard of Cisco and Eva getting in the beef for saying somebody's <laughs> movie was bad, you know what I mean? Like, this hip-hop shit is different. Like, you you tell somebody, yo, that song was kind of weak, or, you know what I mean, or that, or that was whack, motherfuckers might really be hunting you down, like, you know what I mean? You know why? Honestly, I don't think it's because... I don't think that's with everybody. I feel like because so much people listen to what you say and you have an influence that I will be mad if you told me my shit is not good because, nigga, you have a fucking influence on these motherfuckers. So why the fuck wouldn't you sit there and influence them to like me, motherfucker? Are you understand? Like, so if it was somebody who doesn't have an influence, it's like, who cares? Yeah, like, who cares what you say? You don't have an influence. But because Taxone has a motherfucking big influence, if he don't like your shit, that shit might predict the sales because instead of me going and purchasing this or downloading this i'm just gonna listen to him because he ain't never steered me wrong so i'm not gonna even take my own opinion for i'm gonna listen to him and that's just what it's gonna be so i feel like that's maybe why also too because you, you're a big influence but well shouldn't that like if you know it's a person out there like me shouldn't you be there like yo i'm about to sharpen my sword out here because <laughs> i can't have this motherfucker assassinate my songs or my music because if he say it's whack it's whack you know what i mean like not I, everybody I, thinks I like, like that I, some people no, really feel like their music is critique. not. Some people really feel like their music is not bad when it is, though. Like some people feel Listen, like. Listen, <laughs> I love being critiqued. Everybody don't. I love constructive criticism because I feel like constructive criticism helps you in what you in the areas that you fucking up in. When I first started taxis in my podcast, it was a chick she tweeted. She was like. Um, probably was like three, four shows in. Oh yeah, I've been listening to Tax Season. That shit is whack. It's not funny. And I kept the tweet on purpose. And then I put it out maybe a year later. I said, remember this tweet? You understand what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't, think I, I, like I, I don't think I like that. I don't think I like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, no, I'll pass. I don't think I like, no, mm-mm. I don't, I don't think I like it. Nah, you got it. Listen, you need no, critiquing because no. think I might need to think do you're black and, and you die. might not be. No, fuck that. Then, oh, well, fuck you then. You feel me? That's just how I feel. You don't like me. You don't like what I'm doing. Eat a dick. It is what it is. Like, because another person will. I don't like that constructive criticism nah, shit. Don't tell me shit, motherfucker. Like, I don't know. No, I don't think I like it. Stuff. I don't think I like it. I don't. Pineapple. No, you got to grow in the constructive criticism. No, you no. Let me grow. It's help you grow. Oh, no, not, it's not. Not, not, dis- not destructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Where somebody's actually trying to help you. They're not trying to, like, break you down. Because they don't like you, like, oh, no, fuck my life, fuck Star Brand. <laughs> Did I ask for <laughs> <they> help? <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't ask 
ask for your fucking help, don't offer that shit. Like, that's how I feel. So listen, listen. Yeah. Tell that nigga I said shut the fuck up. You heard I'm on the phone. But yeah, I um, just told him. Listen, some so, little dirty nigga from Queens named P Money. <laughs> <laughs> tell P Money get out of here. Listen, so get out of here. Yeah, tell him I said pack it up. Yeah. <laughs> tell him I said pack it up. Take a walk. He said, can he get you pregnant? These niggas. Oh crazy. my god. You know what? Yep. P money? Do P money got money? Nah. Um. <laughs> That might be a discrepancy. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get off his dirty ass thing because I don't want no, I don't yeah. want no broke nigga. So, um, so you did a top fifty rapper list, but you didn't have fifty rappers on it, and a lot of people criticized your list. Like, why? Like, where where you put people? Listen, people people never gonna like your list, and I feel like I could have put certain people in different places, but like after the top six. It was over. I'm just putting people that I know is good, and I'm like, these is like the top fifty, well, the top rappers that I like to listen to. So what's the and top I, I wanna, I, I, I meant to put. I, I forgot it was Jay Z. Could you put? Wait a minute. Could Nas. you put like a top seven? Because I don't really like the, the number six. But let's do a, your top seven. Oh, you are just too blood for me. Yeah. Could we please just go to seven and be like your top seven? Yeah. Thank you. All right, we can skip six and do seven. Okay. But you know, I put the people that I grew up on and like people that I liked over the years, and I, I, I missed I missed one of the people from down south. I miss Young Thug. I love Young Thug raps, so I meant to put him up there too. But why are people mad at me for where I'm putting certain people? Like, oh, you put Nicki here, you put this person here, and that person. First of all, I told you about after and after about eight nine rappers, it was like whatever on the this college from a federal prison. I looked at the list and I put I put Drake and then Pusha T. I meant to put Pusha T before Drake, but you know what I mean? It, it didn't matter. I just was putting up the people that I listened to and the people that I like. It, it, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't in no certain order. It was just what you like and who you like. Yeah, the order was after ten. The order was out of order. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Nigga, these are people I like. Fuck you, mad at me for the people I like. What are you talking like, you about? They're giving you cr- criticism. They're giving you correction <laughs> criticism. Fuck out of here, nigga. That's what no, they're giving that you. That's constructive. <laughs> you mad at my opinion. No, <laughs> no, no. That's what they're giving you. So chill out because you need to grow. Just like you said to me, your voice, grow. Oh, my God. Fuck out of here. I believe no more growing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay-Z and Meek Mills have been working on a lot of um, prison reform. What's your thoughts on that? Man, I think this. I think that's beautiful, man. Especially with what Meek has went through, and like he's on probation. You know, after they had him, on, that's some, they had that dude hemmed up for ten, eleven years on yeah, probation. That's, like, that's like unheard of. That's really some like, bullshit. And it's sad. And I think what they're doing is great. But what I think a lot of people need to focus on is the recidivism part. Like you know, people coming in and out of jail. And I think that the, the reason people come in and out of jail for the most part is because. That law that they don't have to hire felons is the worst thing ever. People are actually in jail. If corrections is not correcting you, there's people actually in here trying to correct themselves. And if you give these people these these gigs where they can actually work for Fortune 500 companies, maybe they don't have to get the same amount that the person that went to college do, but give them like a probation period where it's like, yo, for three years you can have this job, but you only get this much. But if you go past this three years of probation, you go make what this other person makes because... 
people are actually in here wanting to work. But what I've realized about the prison system and the school system in our neighborhoods is that they teach us the same thing in school that they teach us in prison. They teach us how to be employees, but they don't teach us how to be um, owners. They don't. They teach us. They don't teach us how to be bosses. You understand? And that's the discrepancy that I got with the. And that's the reason that recidivism is real high because people like actually going out there wanting to get jobs. But once you go out there and try to get a job for the longest, especially in New York City, this expensive city we live in, you don't got enough money to survive for these jobs that they're giving you. Like, how, after you pay for your Metro card, your cab or whatever, you get to work, you pay for your lunch, and then you pay for your daughter, like, you don't got no got money else. to do nothing. Like, when I came home... So it's like, this is why they end up going back to what they know. And what they know is things that they was taught in the street. But if we could teach these people, you know what I mean, certain things in jail, because these motherfuckers ain't smart and they willing to go to college. Like, they went to college from a federal prison. They took a lot of the college programs out of the prison system, and they tried to say it was because people wasn't going. That shit is a lie. Yeah, people bullshit. are actually really in there wanting to go to school and wanting to correct themselves and go home and do better for themselves, but they're not given the opportunities. So I think that's something that, that Jay and um, everybody should focus on. It's like, yo, that law right there, that high and felon should be, shit, that needs to be abolished because that's the reason that the fucking rate of recidivism is so high because people go home and don't have the opportunities to actually feed their families because these fucking jobs don't pay them enough and these dudes actually have the skills to do these jobs. So put these programs in there to teach these dudes how to work for Fortune 500 companies and change those fucking laws. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. I came home with halfway house for three months and it's supposed to be like a rehabilitation and they didn't help me at all. They didn't help me do anything like at all. And it's like, what is the point in halfway house if you're not helping a person get a job or helping a person do a program or helping a person succeed? Like you're not, this is not what it's called for. Like y'all just basically have us in here just to have us in here and y'all want us to pay y'all just to have us in here because y'all not really helping with any damn thing like at all. It makes you, you really feel that. It makes me feel like damn star. You better off scamming, like, cause it's shit rough out here. You know what the point is, right? For them to get money. The exactly. whole point that we in jail in the first place, it's money. We're going to put them in the halfway house. It's another form of them getting paid for you filling up that bed in the halfway house. They're not necessarily sitting there giving you options for jobs that you can get. They tell you, yo, go out there and find a job. And then you walk up there, you say you just got out of jail. They're like, oh, oh, yeah? yeah well, like, you can't do this. They don't, give oh, you, you, they don't give you metro cards. They don't give you anything. They want you to, it's like, how am I supposed to even find my way there? Not me per se, but what about people who don't take, you know, don't have a car or means of transportation or somebody that's out here's a people who done did 10 15 years where they don't have nobody they family done left them a long time ago in jail they don't have nobody they just coming home after doing 10 15 years they lost to the motherfucking world they went from beepers to now touchscreen phones and they can't even get a metro card on a they and then on top of it in halfway houses they don't even have a computer in there for them to go online searching to go search online everything is online now everything you do applications online everything is online so you even having a computer in the facility to help these people get on there and fill out applications. Like, come on. Like, what are they supposed to it's do? It's a pure setup. It's a pure you setup. think about it. When they abolish slavery, right? When they abolish slavery, and when they abolish slavery and, they, and they, they started, like, the police system and stuff like that, they made laws to make your ass come back to jail. So it was like, yo, you can't drink from that water fountain. 
You can't reckless eyeball a white woman. You can't do this. You can't do that. It was just to bring you right back in. And that's all recidivism is. It's a set of laws to get your ass right back here because if we put you in a halfway house and we don't give you no metro card, no computer, no nothing to find a job, your ass is roaming around without no money. So you might result to motherfucking pickpocketing somebody, snatching a purse, robbing somebody, or doing some odd shit to get some money. And now your ass ends up back in jail. It's just a fucking setup. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. It's really crazy in there. But um, the Forbes reported, right, that Jay-Z is a billionaire. He's definitely an inspiration for everyone in hip-hop. What did you say? Man, I think, man, that's beautiful, man. I always I always felt like Jay-Z had a billion, you know, because I ain't never have shit he had, so I always felt like Jay-Z had a billion. It wasn't no surprise to me. You know, it's just it's good to see his growth over the years because when you listen to his raps, you can hear him talking about how he was trying to get the certain money. Like, he said, y'all raping Def Jam until I'm the 100 million man. And now he's at a fucking billion. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. to watch his growth is always phenomenal. I remember I was sitting down having a conversation with Jay-Z and he explained to me how the world is against women. And he really opened my eyes up into really embracing women more. And it actually made me stop critiquing women about a lot of things, too, because he was like, yo, if you look at the world, the whole world has been against women in, like, every culture. He said he's the one who explained to me that the United States allowed black men to vote before they allowed white women to vote. You know what I mean? And when he explained that to me, I was like, holy shit, like, I never knew that. And then he gave me, like, some books to read, and it sharpened me up in the game. And I don't know if people notice, like, I used to say bitch a lot on Twitter. I used to be like, bitch this, bitch that, and I stopped saying bitch. And I changed it to female if I say female girl, you know what I mean? I changed it because I was like, yo, I can't be a part of the crowd that hate women because women are some of the most loyalist creatures on earth, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. when you go on a visit floor, you see a whole bunch of women visiting men. When you go on a visit floor for women, it's a whole bunch of women visiting women. So you don't see men visiting nobody because men don't have much loyalty to nobody on the earth. Women have the loyalty. And it's like, how can we, we be against these people who are the most nurturing creatures who we go to for everything? You know what I mean? And that's what made me, like, change my ways with that one conversation that I had with Jay. And it was like, yo, man, like, the world is, like, really against women. Like, they really allowed black men to vote before they allow white women to vote and that's really how feminism started white women started going to black women like yo we gotta band together we gotta be feminists because the men are against us you know what i mean yeah so honestly with all that you facing like with your upcoming trial how do you like how do you how do you stay so positive like every single time i speak to you you never seem down you never seem upset i just want to know like how do you how do you keep facing it all Listen, you can't allow circumstances to change who you are. You can't allow circumstances to change anything because who I am is who I am. My energy helps other people maintain in here, helps other people be happy. People come to me just to talk about their family real fast just because they're down and they know I'm going to give them good advice, you know what I mean? So I don't intend to change that, you know what I mean? I go through stressful moments. I days but i get rid of that real fast you know what i mean you cannot live on on stressing you know what i mean you gotta look at the brighter things it's like it's better things to look forward to you know what i mean and that's why i don't i don't hold on to that type of shit i don't hold too much weight on my shoulders i get rid of it fast you know what i mean because i always tell people they be like yo man tax you always cracking jokes and laughing i'd be like man if i don't laugh i'm a cry and that goes for even in the street if i don't laugh i'm a cry it's too much bullshit going on in the world you understand too much this call is from Daryl Campbell. We're shaking, beloved. What's up? What's up? What's up? So, um, Jane. I know you and Memphis Bleak had a, 
a great relationship. Like, how? Where do you stand now? Like, are y'all still cool? Nah, we yeah, we still Gucci. I spoke to Bleak like a month ago. You know, I don't never call people too much from here. You don't want to drag nobody in jail with you. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah, I spoke to Bleak like a month ago. Yeah, real considerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was calling motherfuckers down. <laughs> You're a good one. Nah, nah, not me. Like you know, you know what I feel like. I feel like when you, even when you, especially when you call people and they having too much fun. You start to sit here like, damn, niggas is having so much fun. Like, I hate when I call niggas and they're in the middle of Miami and it's just lit. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God. That's why your motherfucking friends need to know. Act like you're not having no fun. That's what they did for me. You feel me? You need to know. Act like the fun is gone. I don't want to hear the fun. Like, fuck out of here. Your life is miserable. You're miserable without me, okay? You're miserable. They used to be like, yes, I'm so miserable without you. Yes, make that shit up. Lie to me. But now, Bleak, Bleak is a genuine dude. You know what I mean? I, I met him. We clicked. He was hanging out in the studio. He came. He did tax season. I was drinking Hennessy. He was like, yo, man, you drinking that Hennessy bullshit, man. You need to be on this Douce, you know what I mean? He came through with the Douce, and then we was drinking it. And then in the middle of the show, he like, man, I'm going to get you a Douce deal. And I think probably a month later, I had a Douce deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I always I always got love for Bleak because he a dude that kept his word and like was genuine with like everything. You know what I mean? Always appreciate that nigga word. He's a good-hearted individual. That's I can great. see That's why a lot up. of people love him. Yeah, that's what's up. Especially that he kept his word. So, no, if, if you have one thing it. you could change in your life that has happened to you, what would it be? Getting shot in the eye. You know what I mean? Because right now my right eye is getting weak. I might be going blind in this motherfucker. So, the doctor just told me I gotta, um, he gotta get me, um, a glasses prescription with shades in it because my eye is sensitive to the light and shit, you know what I mean? I so, yeah, getting shot in the eye was unfortunate. I didn't know that you got shot in the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't speak on it too much, but I, I, I've spoken on it, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm blind in my left eye, so now my right eye, the doctor told me when it happened, though, he was like, listen, you know, your right eye is going to be doing all the work, so yeah, you got like your so to get disease. Yeah, you're supposed to skeptical to getting disease and shit like that because it's working so hard. So now, like, I was in the box and, like, my eye was, like, foggy for a day and these people wasn't listening to me. Like, to get medical attention in jail is some, it's the worst. Some different type it's not of gonna, shit. It's not going to yeah. happen. Like, you got to literally be there dead. Yeah, so that, that that's, re- that's really one of the things that I wish would have never happened because now it's like, I don't know, I'm be walking around with motherfucking Cartier's with tents on them, you heard? <laughs> but... You know, in this bullshit, you know what I mean? But you know, we shall overcome, so I don't sweat much. So, before you got in the situation, you were going to schools and giving back, speaking to the youth. Talk to me about that. Like, how how was that? I want to do something like that, so I really want to know, like, your feedback. I'm never going to stop doing that, because I feel like in our community, we had a lot of elders that considered themselves OGs or... You know, they just was like old bozos to me because they never taught us what not to do. Because, you know, through experience in life, you, you gain wisdom and you, you know that you've done bullshit. So you know what to tell the next generation. Yo, listen, don't do that because I did that. And that's what was one of my things. And I'm big on education. So one of my things with, with talking to the kids in the schools was like, yo, man, I was always academically smart in school. So I always tell people, listen, academics is great always educate yourself and don't just always wait for a teacher to educate you seek education yourself especially with the power we have with the world wide web i get so many letters from different um 
people telling me how they learn different things because of me. A guy that just moved to Brooklyn to study law because he heard one of my episodes with my lawyer, Kenneth Montgomery, and he's actually working at the Brooklyn Defender's Office now. I'm a professor from Maryland University who wrote me and said that he used my tactics in the classroom where I said you have to give the kids the medicine through the candy, basically saying that you have to, you know, give them something that they like to talk about, maybe music, comedy, and give it to them in a, in a sweeter form in order for them to take the medicine because when you when you speak to people textbookish and they're just too academically they might fall asleep like i'm the type of kid that i got a short attention span so if you just read them from a book to me i might fall asleep you know what i mean but if you speak it from a standpoint where i can understand it and i can get to it it comes through better and i feel like if we change the way we educate well we can educate better you know what i mean education is the key because they don't teach us the proper education, just like I said, to motherfucking own stuff, to motherfucking run stuff. They teach us to be employees. They teach us to be docile. They teach us to keep us at a certain level where we could never grow. You know what I mean? They teach us to work for these Fortune 500 companies, but never have ownership in them. And that's a problem in our community. And I think that's something that Nipsey was trying to push, Charlemagne is trying to push, and a lot of like-minded individuals. And that's something that I'm always, always do. You know what I mean? I never, I didn't do that because I got in any trouble. I wasn't on this call is from a federal prison. That because I knew that that's what needed to be done within my community, you know what I mean? In order for us to buy back our communities and to give back. And that's just it, man. I'm I'm deep on education. I'm steadily educating myself in there every single day. You know, a lot of people like tell me that I need to go speak to the youth, but then it's like I feel like I shouldn't be the one to do something like that because I can't see myself telling them not to be gang when I'm gang and I don't regret it. You know, like, am I wrong for that? Like, honestly, because I really cannot see well, myself, like, going to kids and be is. like, yo, don't do this. This is the wrong direction, blah, 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 when it's like, this is something I'm still doing, you know? Well, if you don't regret it and you don't you don't see the wrong in it yet, then then no, you shouldn't do it. You should only do it if, it's, if it means something to you, you know what like, I mean? I, see, I like, see it's wrong in certain things that people do, but I didn't do it. I haven't done it. My peoples haven't done it. So I just feel like when it comes to certain things, like, of course, if I have a kid, I would never want my kid to do this. I turned blood when I was 12 years old and didn't even know how to wash my ass properly. But do I regret it? No. You understand? Like, it is what it is. If I was yeah. 16 and I had my own mind, would I have turned it? No, I was 12 years old. You feel me? I was going through shit at home and I didn't have my own mind but it's like I, I just feel like i can't sit here and talk to the youth about doing not doing something that to this day i'm doing it's just so weird to me it's like i feel like i would feel like a hypocrite like you know nah one thing one thing and that's something that i like about you is you don't want to be a hypocrite and it's people out here that are just living hypocrites and it's okay with them that's one thing that i could never do i could never be a living hypocrite so that was the reason that i took forth these 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 missions to speak to these kids because I started to realize like yo some of these dudes that I looked up to they're nobody like I like successful people I like to look up to successful people and these people are not successful they're successful bozos they've been successful at being bozos these like for instance, just people that contact people in jail and gangs they contact their big homies in prison so their big homie can tell them how to conduct themselves in the street but meanwhile your big homie ain't been home in 25 years he never touched the iPhone you understand? He don't know what Instagram look like, what Facebook look like. How could he possibly tell you how to move in civilization possibly? 
properly if he don't know how to move the civilization properly. This nigga right. is coming home looking for his beeper when he gets home. He's looking for his beeper. And we like, no, beepers ain't been here since about 95, beloved. And they don't understand that. So this is what I try to, I've made so many niggas in jail drop out of a gang. It ain't even funny. Because I point that picture to them and I be like, yo, why is your big homie so enthralled with running the house in here, but he don't even run his own apartment in the street? In the street, you gotta write his name on juice. But in here, he's talking about he runs the TV, or he runs the computer, or runs the basketball court. My nigga, go run something outside. Because see, the thing is this. Some of these niggas come in jail, and they're mad celebrated when they get in the building. Yo, such and such is here, such and such is here. But when they get in the street, nobody gives a fuck that they're in the street. And this is why they gotta come back to jail, so they can get yeah, celebrated again. you know, a lot, again, a lot of people, jail is, jail is ran, when it, especially when it comes to that gang shit, jail is ran different than the jail in the streets. Like, you feel me? It's totally ran two different ways um so like are you keeping up with the presidential election for 2020 you have any favorite candidates man my favorite candidate is donald trump oh so you think he's gonna win yeah i think he's gonna win and listen i like donald trump and i'm gonna tell you because listen I tell a lot of people that, and they be like, yo, he's racist. Why do you like him? See, I like a lot of people that don't like me. I like girls' pictures on Instagram that I know don't like me. But I like how Donald Trump carries himself. I like the people that he's being true him. I don't like people who are closet people who hide themselves. Yeah, but, you know, but, do you think that, yeah, but do you think that he's good for the world? Like, do you think he's good for the United States? Like, no, I don't yeah, he could be, he could be world, you know, you could like him as a person, but you, do you think that, so you didn't think Obama did a good job at being a president? He was okay. Do you, I so Obama. do you think Trump did a good job as being a president? Listen, Trump has done some good things and he's done some awful things, but what president has, hasn't. My, the reason I like him you don't is because feel like of his a lot of, You don't feel like there's a lot of self-hate and a lot of different, you know, shootings going on now and while he was president than when Obama or anybody else was oh, president and they wasn't promoting racism listen, and, you know, everything like that? Listen, but the thing is, just like I always tell people, I feel more safe to know that you don't like me and for me to know that you don't like me, but you're acting like you like me. That's dangerous for a person to have a mask on and act like, oh, I love black people and I have a black friend. I know Tyrone. I know Terrence. I know Shaquita. And then the person that's coming out saying, fuck us, I'd rather him be here than the person that's being the closet I person. feel like it's you okay understand? to like him. I just don't feel you should like him as a president. Like, I don't want him to be the president. Like, he, Listen, he just I don't own. care who's the president. You know why? Because it don't matter. I don't think we really vote for the president. Look, Hillary didn't. Hillary had the popular vote and still lost. So what do we fucking matter? Why is people still telling people to run out here and vote if the popular vote does not matter? It, it goes back to the electoral um um collegiate vote. So why the fuck do our votes matter? Tax. I just want to say thank you for talking to me and calling in on your birthday. This is the first tax season episode in over two years. And I know there's so many people out here praying for you and waiting for you to get home. And I can't wait for you to get back and doing what you do best. You know, inspiring people, teaching people, and making us all laugh. Man, I appreciate you, man. You know, we had to do it for the culture. And, you know, we, we had to, I had to let you do it because we come from the same cloth. And, you know, that cloth is only the size of a washcloth. And ain't too many people that could come from that. So I had to make sure that you interviewed me. And, you know, just making sure that we keeping it built because we got Keeping It Built podcast dropping next week, correct? Yes, I'm dropping my shit next week. It's lit. Keeping it all the way built. Exactly. Built.
Exactly. And you're going to turn up and nigga, you're going to show these motherfuckers that we know how to do it regardless of the circumstances yeah, that we've been to, through. I'm going to have to show them who the fuck Star Brim is. But you know, happy birthday. We all love you. This is Thank one of you, many. Man. This is your last one in there. So it really ain't nothing. You feel me? It is what it is. Like, last one in there. You, you out soon. That's a fact. I'm out of here. I love y'all, man. Hold it down. Keeping it view coming next week. Happy birthday to my boy Nip. His birthday tomorrow. Everybody appreciate everybody that been holding me down through this quest. I had to do this for the culture one time. I appreciate everybody. Thank you to everybody that been supporting me out there. Thank you to everybody that been saying fuck me. As long as you keep my name in your mouth, you're going to keep me relevant. So I appreciate you, <laughs> niggas. Thank you. <laughs> See, you know I, mean? I gotta learn to be like you because niggas who be saying fuck me and be like location, location, where you at then? Like you know, like I be wanting motherfucking locations. I gotta, I gotta learn how to get my my tax stone skills up because you got the real fuck you skills. Like I don't got that fuck you skills you gotta, yet. Yo, you gotta, you gotta let the, you gotta when they say fuck you, you gotta say fuck me too, and that hurts the No, it's oh fuck me. Where you at? Fuck your mother, yeah. nigga. Where you at? How about that? Oh Location? You know, like, is that? <laughs> I gotta learn to get... I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn to get there. I'm gonna learn. One day. appreciate y'all, man. We lit. Tax season. Keeping it built. It is what it is. 100. This episode of Tax Season featuring Tax Stone is produced by Jonathan Mena and engineered by none other than Samir Karam.